Welcome to episode four of the Retire Sooner podcast. What's one of the most important rules you can learn and understand so that you're not worried about running out of money when it comes to retirement? Actually, it also happens to be one of the most controversial rules in all of investment and financial planning. Well, it's been around for a long time, but an update on this rule is long overdue. And we're going to get to that today. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. The rule that we're going to go into in just a second, it matters because it'll tell you, as long as you understand it, how soon you can retire and or how late you have to wait or how long you have to wait in order to retire. There's also a great development when it comes to this all-important rule in the financial planning and investing world we're going to get to as well, because there's been a, a brand new update uh, and literally within the last several weeks about this rule. We're going to get into that as well. The other thought here is that our mission, of course, is about retiring as soon as possible or being able to be in a position to retire as soon as possible. And how we do this in the happiest way, what are the habits of happy retirees? Happy retirees are generally not really that worried about their money running out in retirement. And that's because for the most part, they understand the 4% plus rule. So what is it? Let's go right into it. Here's the original rule and the the founder, if you will, or the godfather, I call him of this rule, was a professor named William Bengen, or, or he was a, not a professor, but he was a graduate from MIT. So immediately, it obviously makes him a smart guy. He also did aeronautical engineering at uh, MIT. So again, check two super smart guy boxes all at one time. The He became a financial planner. And early on in his career, I think the mathematic mind of his, his mathematical mind said, wait a minute, if I go back over the course of market history, how much can my clients take from their portfolio year after year after year and never really worry about running out of money? So naturally, he went back and ran a million different scenarios, retiring every single different month of every single different market year, taking 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%, and then increments uh, all in between. And then if he had 100% in stocks and 20, 0% in stocks and all in bonds. And what he landed on after a ton of research and work that was then published in 1990 was the following rule. And here it is. You can take your starting retirement balance, multiply that by, what's the number? 4% for the very first year. And use that amount, whatever that amount is, plus inflation every single subsequent year, year after year after year. And if you do so, you won't run out of money most of the time. And I'll go into the statistics in just a second. So for example, a million, let's say you start out with a million dollars in retirement. 4% of that is $40,000 in year one. Then in year two, let's say inflation is a full 5%, then your new withdrawal level ratchets up to 42,000. That's the plus 5% inflation for the next year. And then that's your new level. And it continues to change and grow as inflation grows. So you can protect your purchasing power at it when you stop working. 
Now, here's also what Bengen did. If you use this formula, and again, there's a, there's a question about, it's not a hard and fast rule, but this is a wonderfully important guide. If you use this formula, Bengen showed back when he originally published in 1980 or 1990, that 80% of the time, 80% of the time, your money lasted in retirement for 50 years or more. 50 years, which is pretty much forever, right? If you're, it means you're 60. If you retire at 60, and we're always trying to get that sooner and earlier, that gets you to 110. I think that's long enough, right? That's, that is a long time. I'm not worried about money running out. Provided, next piece of the rule, important piece of the equation here, provided that you're invested between 50% at least and 70% at the most in stocks. And the remaining portion of that is in bonds or, or more conservative assets. And then, and then really the, the study that we've re- redone and we've updated the study into the, the 2020 world, if you will, because nobody had ever done it until Bengen published it. It was, became the gold standard in financial planning back in 1990. And around 2017, I started looking around and seeing articles that the 4% rule was dead. Wall Street Journal says, can't listen to the 4% rule anymore. So we decided to update the rule and we're going to go in that here in just a second. Uh, by the way, when it comes back to the, the scary part of money, what's the scary part? We're running out of it. And the Bengen study showed that if you follow this rule and all the parameters, the 4% plus inflation, at least 50% in equities, rebalance it, by the way, every single year, then 80% of the time you don't want to run out of money. 20% of the time that you did run out of money historically... Uh, the worst case scenario was money ran out in 35 years. Still, it's a lot of time in retirement. Now, why did we want to update this? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because of an article that I remember like it was yesterday with this title. Forget the 4% rule. Rethinking common retirement beliefs. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Uh, is this 4% rule over? Like, we, Well, here's what's happened. Is that every single time markets don't do well for six months or a year, like the stock market doesn't go through the roof, or every time we see a lower and lower interest rate environment. Remember, part of the 4% rule is to be invested in bonds. So it does make sense that if interest rates are lower, you're getting less return on the safety side of your assets. Well, We've kind of had both scenarios. Market's always correct. And every time that happens, some professor comes out and says, you can't take 3% anymore. You can't take 4% anymore. 3% is the new safe rate. This guy, the great professor Wade Fowle from the American College of Financial Services in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. This is the retirement capital of the world. The, and I'm from Pennsylvania, so I was actually grew up kind of near Bryn Mawr, so I can say that about Bryn Mawr. It's a wonderful place. The, but here's what's happening is that Professor Wade Fowle went back and said, I've run the numbers again, and I think because interest rates are low and because the stock market has corrected, and if you think about lots happened since Bengen published this in 1990, the tech crash of 1990, 1999, early 2000, the, the September 11th, which was, which was the culmination or set off an, a long protracted recession, then a few years of recovery, and then we had the great financial crisis, 2007, 8, 9. And arguably, it made sense to maybe question, hey, markets don't necessarily do well all the time, and maybe the rule doesn't work. So I get what Wade was getting at. So much so, 
that there was another article written at the end of 2020, uh, another article from Forbes that, that said, look, I don't know if this rule works anymore. Withdrawing from retirement savings is 4% still a safe rule? And again, who's quoted? Professor Wade Fowle, widely respected retirement researcher, and says that uh, the 4% withdrawal rate really should be 2.4%. Wade, you're telling me 2.4? And here's what, what gets me worked up. If I could only spend 2% of the money that I've saved over a course of 50 years of my life, then what's the point? What's the point of even saving is you can't ever use it. That sent me and our team, Retire Sooner podcast team, on our own journey to redo this study that William Bangan published in 1990. We redid it with even more conservative assumptions about the, the future, even higher inflation expectations than Bangan uh, assumed. And then we came up with our own results up to present day. And we're going to do that as soon as we get back from a quick break here on the Retire Sooner podcast. I knew something was happening. I get barons on the weekend and on Sunday or on Saturday morning, about 80% of the time it shows up in my driveway. The other 20% doesn't show up till late. But I, I will say that very rarely do I get a bunch of text messages from, let's say, colleagues or friends about something that broke some financial planning news that broke on a Saturday. And I started getting a text. Oh, have you seen the article in Barron's on the, the new 4% rule? And then somebody else, oh, there's a new 4% rule. Hey, Wes, email. Did you see the new 4%? Well, this, is like, this is like breaking news. And in financial planning, that has very few new things that ever happen. It's like the news cycles, like watching a glacier you know, slowly you know, go by. Uh, the, this was big news for anybody if it's big news for retirees so i got my car went to my driveway i got my always kind of wet with either rain or dew version of barons which i still like to read the the physical copy of barons and sure enough on the cover you know william bangan the grandfather of the four percent rule thinks here's here's the title the originator who was william bangan of the 4% rule, quote, thinks it's off the mark. I said, not again. not again. Maybe he's took a visit to Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. No, now he says it could be, it's not lower. And this is the great news. It's higher. Could be up to 4.5%. So again, kind of breaking news, kind of fun. And we've updated our research to say, what if we upped it to 4.5% rule? What if we maybe now start calling this the 4% plus rule? which I think is what you have to start retirees, understand how much money they can pull out of their, their investment savings. Now we have a new standard and it is at least 4%. It could be even higher, despite all the naysayers in the article from the Wall Street Journal that says, forget the 4% rule. So I say, forget the Wall Street Journal article that says that. Now, here's our study. We recreated this. We went back to 1929 so that we could we could capture the the terrible markets in the Great Depression. So again, when you go back in market history, you also can capture, you, obviously you get all the good times and all the bad times, and it gives you kind of an average of, does something like this work over time? That is 80, so 1929 to 2009, re, re up the study with market data all the way to 2009. Um, that gives you, a re, that's those are your retirement dates. You retired in 1929 or you all the way you retired in 19 or 2009. And then we used market data, actual stock and bond data, 
all the way through 2019. So actual market data, but retiring anywhere from 1929 to 2009. That's 82 separate retirement starting points. How did it, how did it turn out? Well, with all these simulations, we, and, and we also wanted to do this. Imagine this. If, you're, if we're trying to measure out 30, 40, 50 years, if you retired in 2009, what's the math on that? Well, if you get, you get 50 years out from 2009, that's the year 2059. So you got to make some assumptions about the future as well. And Bangin made assumptions that I look at it actually as kind of high. He used something like assumed rates of return of the future, something like 10% for stocks, 5% annual return for bonds and 3% inflation. So what do we do? We cut those numbers in half. So in the future, we assume that the market would only do 5%. Bonds would only do 2%. Yet the ugly head of inflation would continue to be 3% eroding your purchasing power. Remember, remember the rule, ratchet up how much you take out every year from your original 4% plus inflation. Well, here's spoiler alert. It still works. The rule still works. And again, this is on the original 4% rule. 83% of the time, your money lasted at least, so it's 45 years or more. I'll say it again. 83% of the time, if you stick, and this is linearly, every single year, 4.5% plus inflation, your money didn't run out for at least 45 years, 83% of the time. Now, 17% of the time, it didn't run out before 45 years, but the worst case scenario still lasted 29 years, which again, think about how powerful that is to understand that role, is that you know that in all of these situations, worst case scenario, money still lasts about three decades, and in 83% of cases, the happy retiree knows that it's going to last really way beyond their retirement. And this rule helps you figure out how soon can I retire? Now, for the most part, happy retirees love to, to use this rule. It's not every happy retiree, but for the most part, happy retirees really understand this rule, the 4% plus rule, and they really know how to use it and revisit it year after year after year. We updated this to this headline. Now, Bankin hasn't actually published any of the work on the 4.5% rule, but our team did. And we went and we said, okay, well, what if, what if we up the ante from 4% a year, pulling money out? Again, not $40,000 on a million, but $45,000 on a million as your starting point. And, and here are the results. Now, the, the results are, by the way, adding in small companies. So the original rule, 50% stocks, 50% bonds, those are all large cap stocks in the original rule. Bingen said if you introduce, let's call it 10% of the 50 in small caps, which historically have done a little bit better than large cap stocks, it actually makes your money last even a little bit longer. And from our research, that makes a lot of sense. If, if our threshold was 40 years, if we're trying to see if money lasted 40 years at a 4.5% withdrawal rate, if we not only have large but also small companies as well, 76% of the time, money lasted 40 years or more. 81% of the time, money lasted 35 years or more. And 90% of the time, money lasted 30 years or longer. So, and that's with a 4.5% withdrawal rate. I can't underestimate how important it is to understand that rule. And think about it every single time you're thinking about what are you spending when it comes to retirement or what will you have to spend if you're 30 years old right now 
or you're 40 years old and you're thinking about, hey, when I get to 55 or 60, 61, 62, and I'm able to stop working, one of the most critical pieces of the equation is I've got this saved, but how much of it can I use? And that's what this role does. Now, we're going to run to a quick break. When we get back, I want to help you understand how to use this rule because one of the first rules about this rule is that it's just a rule of thumb and it is not etched in stone. So how do you actually use it in the real world? Number one. Number two, there's something called the Buffett zone and the danger zone when it comes to pulling money out. So if you abuse the 4% rule, what happens? And if you don't even ever get close to the 4% rule or withdrawal rate, what happens? And we're going to talk about that straight ahead. Welcome back to the Retire Sooner podcast. Episode four happens to be about the 4% rule. And we've actually upped that a little bit to call it now the 4% plus rule. If you're following this rule, which I think most people need to, at least to some extent, that's what we're going to get into right now. Well, you just got a raise and now you can pull a little bit more money out or maybe really it's a lot more money out per year and still feel safe and secure and not worry about ever running out. As a, as a refresher, our the, the team here, the Retire Sooner team, re-upped this study in 2017. We re-upped it uh, here in 2021 for with new numbers and, and new market data. And we have really conservative assumptions about the future because if you're assuming you're going to retire in the year 2000, as an example, and you're trying to see if money lasts for 40 or 50 years, well, you got to go way out into 2040, 2045, 2050. So in order to continue to do the math about what stocks do or what bonds do, we reduced what Bengen had originally said in his study. He assumed 10% for stocks and 5% for bonds. We really cut that in half. So our assumptions about the future are even more conservative than Bengen's and the numbers still work. Now you listen to this and you say, well, the Retire Sooner podcast with Wes Moss says 4% should be no problem. We've even updated the 4% rule to now start calling it the 4% plus rule if you add in small cap companies. But respected financial blogger Wade Fowl says only 2.4%. Bengen and Wes say 4.5%. Well, who's right? By the way, 4.5% versus 2.4%, it's 88% higher. Pretty big difference. So which one's right? Well, here's how I've seen this work in the real world. And first of all, I side much closer to how Bengen looks at this. And I think that 4% is realistic. I think even 4.5% is doable. But the answer really comes down to these three things. Number one, retirement planning is not a straight line anyway. Number two, how does this really work in the real world? And three, how do you use the 4 to 5% range dynamically? So number one, when we're saying retirement planning is not a straight line, there's, there's just no exact percentage that anyone needs to actually stick to in every single year, no matter what. And really, from what I've seen for almost 20 years now, or more than 20 years in some cases, it's really family after family after family. The ones that are happy and, and at peace with their finances and retirement, they really get this rule. These are, these, are, these are guidelines. They're not rules that are etched in stone. So dynamic really is the key. Again, number two, what's the real world? Well, Bengen, I think, in, in that philosophy of the 4% range, Maybe we call this the 4% plus range. I think he's much more right than Professor Fowl. Why? Because Fowl's number of 2.4% or just or 3%, I, I just don't think it's practical. If, if 2.4% really 
were to be the rule, then 99% of people couldn't afford to retire anyway. Probably 99.99% of people could never retire. Having this number in a, I would say, more reasonable, realistic range, that really works in the real world. Number three, it's got to be used dynamically. Let's call it anywhere from four to 5% dynamically. Sure, by the way, less is always better. I'm going to get to that in what we call the Buffett zone in just a second. But before it, again, what I've seen for more than 20 years that using this really a dynamic approach is the key, which leads me to a story. And I'll call this, I'll just use first names here. So this is a story of Larry and Jackie, uh, early retirees from the state of Georgia, ended up moving to the California coast or near the coast, not on the water, but near uh, California, near their grandkids. And the first two years of retirement were pretty expensive. Larry's a uh, Ironman triathlete. If you, for some context, that's one of those really long races. You, you swim something like 2.4 miles, then it's something like a 116 mile bike, usually in the desert, up a hill, up a mountain. And then when you're done that, if that's not enough, you then run a marathon. Again, usually in some sort of desert, it's usually really hot, if that weren't bad enough. And in early retirement, he's still in the shape that he's able to do these things. But as as brutal as this may sound to the non-marathon runner or triathlete, they're usually in beautiful locations. One of the one really popular destination for these is Hawaii and an and exotically beautiful place around the world. And guess what? It costs a lot of money. And it's not just the race. Sure, it costs an enter. It costs a bunch to train. It costs to have a nice light bike to get through this grueling race. But then when you're there, you usually stay a week or maybe more and you have a hotel and you're eating out. These are pretty expensive trips. So the first year or two, really two of retirement, Larry and Jackie said, you know, this is going to take us beyond the 4% roll we're, because we're going on a couple of these and they're a lot of money each trip, but now we can still do it. We want it. We want to do it. Can we do it? And the answer was, okay, yes, we're going to be above 4%. In fact, we're going to be even above 5% a little bit, but you know what? If it's for only the first two years, that's okay. And then let's say in the next year, we start to back that down. Maybe we come all the way down to sub 4% in a year or two. We kind of make up. We make up for over-withdrawing to we under-withdraw for a little while. Then we kind of get back to this, this balance. And that's the whole point. And that's the real world. All of us are going to have periods of time in our lives where we're going to spend a little bit more and know that, hey, maybe the next year we're going to spend a little bit less. Then we kind of get back on this on track when it comes to keeping right around this rule of thumb. So what? We never worry about running out of money. Now, what if you end up not really needing that full amount? And that, that, that's, I've worked with lots of families in this case. They say, Wes, I don't really need a full 4% because I might have a big pension or I have, we both have social security. My, my, me and my, my spouse have social security and I have got this great pension from a utility company. I just, and I have everything paid off. I might not even need the full 4%. What's interesting about the study that we've done on how long money lasts is that if your annual withdrawal rates ever get to below 2%, and, and, and we're doing this statically, meaning that if imagine you have a scenario where you have low inflation for a little while and the markets do really well. Now your portfolio has grown relative to how much you even need to withdraw. So the percentage needed from the portfolio to get you to your, I, I go back to our original 40,000 plus inflation every year if we started with a million, starts to become lower and lower because the portfolio has grown so much. 
well, what we found is that if your withdrawal rates ever drop or ever dropped to the 2% level, the portfolio growth often turned exponential. And that happened because the withdrawal impact, how much was coming out of the portfolio, plummeted relative to the size of the portfolio. For example, if a retiree had a million-dollar portfolio and began $40,000 withdrawals in 1950, that turned into a, under a 2% withdrawal from the portfolio because of the outsized market returns of the 1950s and the early 1960s. And by the way, that portfolio would have grown to $51 million in 2009 and over $100 million by 2017. The key being that $40,000 plus inflation is very easy to support if there's a stretch of long and strong market performance. We call it the Buffett zone because if you go back to Warren Buffett's 2018 annual letter, and I just remember the visual of this, he lists on one side the performance of the S&P 500 and one, his annual performance each year and then an annualized performance and then a total aggregate performance of the of, of Berkshire Hathaway uh, portfolio. Uh, it, it's pretty remarkable because it shows that the long-term market value gain for Berkshire Hathaway stock, which by the way, this is in 2018, was up to 2.4 million percent. Yes, over 2.4 million percent. Long-term cumulative rate of return, which by the way, is about double what the S&P 500 did during that same period of time. Now, on the contrary, what's the danger zone look like? Well, if a portfolio endures a, let's say, a particularly bad stretch of markets that's, and let's say had high inflation, that same $40,000 plus inflation every year now might represent, let's say, a 6% withdrawal rate. If you ever touch that 6% level, that's where funds are starting to get in danger of running out. So for scenarios that began in, let's say, 1965, portfolios were hit by, A, a poor market, a really bad mar stretch of markets, and historically high inflation. So you put those two factors together, spending, the withdrawal number spiked relative to the portfolio size. So in order to keep up, those portfolios needed to distribute 6% plus per year just to sustain, which, by the way, still money didn't run out until year number 29. So still almost three full decades of being able to live with your starting amount of 4% plus inflation for 29 years. So what have we learned today here? I think we've learned that this is a really important rule to wrap your arms around. And it's a wonderfully important guide to trying to maximize the amount you can pull out so that you can support your lifestyle and all the things you're curious about and all the things that are your core pursuits that make for really a happy retirement. It's also very much a planning and investment rule of thumb that'll help you understand when am I able to retire because we can start using that number, 4% approximately, relative to our savings. And in addition to other income streams that we might have, like Social Security, like a pension, perhaps rental income from real estate, all the things we'll talk about in another episode when it comes to multiple streams of income, which is another important concept that gets you to early retirement and something that the happy retiree knows oh so well. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. If you have comments or ideas about the show, you can find our team at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. The contact button at the upper right-hand corner of the page, those emails come straight to me and the Retire Sooner podcast team. 
Like every annoying podcaster says, please subscribe and review the podcast. If not, no one ever finds out about us. And remember, we're on a journey to help a million people retire at least one day, one week, one month, one year sooner. So please spread the word. 